0: Welcome to another episode of the Quaggling Sand podcast. I'm recording this on Friday evening, September 3rd, 2021. My plan was to uh, record these earlier on Fridays, and that is more likely to happen after I move, (laughs) which will be happening pretty much uh, continuously between whenever I stop talking and uh Monday evening. So today's the 3rd. I'll be out. I guess you could say on the road on the 6th, which is Labor Day Monday. So that should be interesting. We'll see how traffic leaving my fair city of Las Vegas treats me. But anyway, here we are. Uh I've I haven't moved in 8 years, so it's been interesting. It's like uh if you if you want to go nerdy, it's like uh, trying to remember your sixty five zero two assembly language mnemonics, or or maybe hex math, or all the stuff that you uh, you haven't done forever. And then you're like, oh, I got to do that again. Okay. Hmm. Anyway, so it's been a, a massive distraction, and it's uh, essentially the 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 core of my. Uh, content for today's episode, let us start with, well, okay, first of all, I'm, uh, I'm probably calling this episode, uh, the plight of the pedestrian, something like that. Pedestrian plight. It might be something else, but basically I was just outside, literally just outside. I'm going to be drinking some water. Hmm. Cool water. I was just outside getting my, uh, healthy mileage in, I don't have time to go to the gym this week. <clears throat> so the the streets of Las Vegas are not completely pedestrian safe, even though you find yourself in a pedestrian area. Like I said, <laughs> the plight of the pedestrian is, uh, can be dodgy. So I, um, there are two two main problems in residential areas <clears throat> or away from what most people know of as uh, Las Vegas, which is not actually in Las Vegas, the Strip. First of all, people really don't uh, pay attention unless there's like a an intersection, like a, a stoplight, a controlled intersection or an uncontrolled intersection with stop signs or something maybe stop signs. <clears throat> so, so the, you will tend to have, uh, people not paying attention. They'll make a, a left or a right turn into a, like, a, a not like a T or, uh, not a full intersection kind of a, you know, residential areas. Right. So they don't really pay attention and, uh, and it's your fault pedestrian. <laughs> but then on the other side of the spectrum, if you are at a crossing, like a like a proper intersection, crosswalk, lights, maybe even a uh, pedestrian traffic controls. If well, especially okay, if there's a light, maybe uh, maybe that you don't have to deal with uh, angst so much. But if it's merely a stop sign uh these the same vehicles that will not pay attention elsewhere will actually become angry if as a pedestrian you yield to them i do have a point i promise so they'll they'll honk they'll display a a digit <laughs> because you as a pedestrian you didn't step off the curb into the crosswalk or no crosswalk and cross the street when they were gesturing for you to go go maybe yelling but but if you're in a different circumstance, then you're lucky if you uh, are able to jump out of the way in time. So the the thing here is that <clears throat> the the people driving vehicle and don't even don't even think about the strip. The strip is where people get hit by cars. They have the the uh, people bridges, so pedestrians can cross streets without <laughs> being run over, and that doesn't always work but uh so this is a place where people are not paying attention there are two two different populations those on foot and those on wheels so here's the 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 um the jump into my usual topics like software and tech uh my my hopes to have a sprint or two in the waning days, two weeks of my time here at, uh, I don't really have a name for where I am right now, but, uh, where I'm producing this podcast episode right now. So I was going to wrap up my, uh, my time here and then squeeze in some coding or at least configure some cloud stuff or just do something. But here's a quick rundown of and the, the, the jump is um, the people in the car as an analog to the people on the software or vendor or company or support side, and the pedestrian, me, either actually literally a pedestrian or the person trying to interact with said support or uh, <clears throat> yeah them, So let's see where to begin. Um, I reserved a uh, U-Haul truck and storage, free storage with a one-way. That was pretty, pretty no-brainer. My plan is to, I have to uh, spend a few weeks in Arizona, and then I'm going to be moving back here to my new place. So one way to Arizona, a few weeks, one way back. So store a bunch of stuff here. Made the reservation, I think it was August 3rd or so. So September 1st, I get a phone call. My storage reservation was overbooked, and so I have no place to store. That that throws a big wrench. <laughs> so luckily, U-Haul Corporate, They they have a support person that was on top of things. We got that sorted. Today, everything got finalized on the 3rd for moving into that storage unit on the 5th on Sunday. So kind of down to the wire. But this is an instance where um, this is a company that's in the business of moving. And they, I guess, overbooking is fine. But to me, the, the, the entire interaction smacked of a kind of disconnect they're, they're providing a service without understanding their customers' uh, needs on the ground, if you will. So kind of like the, uh, the yielding to the pedestrian that's not in the crosswalk, right? Like they don't, like I always tell people as a pedestrian walking on the streets, I can see where I don't want to step onto the into the crosswalk, off the curb, off the sidewalk, I don't want to do that yet. So, car, please go. I will wait. But to the car, they are they are giving me the uh, the right of way. So go. And then flip me off and honk and peel the uh, peel out, screech the tires, uh, because of, it's my fault. So. When, when the car, when the driver of the car is, uh, thinks that they are doing, that they are being magnanimous. <laughs> but in fact, I know the situation that I am in because I have the visibility that you don't for whatever reason, right? I can see, uh, to the right around the corner and you're turning, whatever it is, right? So I, I'm, I'm making a judgment call about my situation and it doesn't align with your expectations in the car or at the U-Haul Office or whatever, whoever designed their booking tools. So at the end, like what did, I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> you're you you. You have to deal with me. So the, the U-Haul situation was, um, luckily, not so bad. Could have been worse. Uh, they did wait to the last minute. That was kind of annoying. Uh, I tried to move my. Electricity service. So NV Energy. They they have a web tool to do this. Unfortunately, it doesn't work with Firefox. I don't know if you are uh, using Chrome or Safari or Chromium or Edge, some WebKit-based browser, Brave. The list goes on. So I've been using Firefox mostly. Uh, as my go-to, my daily driver. As you you may know this, uh, if you're if you've been around for a while, I used to work at Netscape back in the day, so always a special place for the Firefox for the Mozilla. So I went through the process online to transfer. It's a very fairly simple. You just provide the shut off date, destination, turn on date answer a couple questions so it's not it's not writing a, a, a book <laughs> it's not filling out 50 pages of forms it's it's not um it's not bad unless you just have a list of things to deal with as part of a move right so to the per, to the coder this all seems rather straightforward and and it is for the most part however your request to move service it's in a <clears throat> it's an online section of their obviously online section of their website uh start stop move service okay so i'm I have an account for eight years I want to move service to a new address instead of like creating a work order and saving it mid flight in case anything goes wrong when you reach the end of it it's a there's a a modal for some reason a modal dialogue. In the, in the browser. It says they want to send you a two-factor code, and you select where they're going to send it. And I have, you know, email. That was my only choice in this case. So send me an email. and Click continue. Nothing happens. Continue. Nothing happens. Continue. Nothing happens. Cancel. Are you sure you want to cancel? Uh, I guess. <laughs> So my work, my, my, uh, my move order is still visible. Uh, it turns out if you refresh the screen or if you do anything uh, refresh the screen, if you refresh the page, if you do anything, that work order disappears. So it's very, uh, in a very unstable state. And because I did not continue through the two factor authentication phase, uh, I was just sort of out of luck. So I contacted the tech support, and the tech support person Jesse suggested I try using Explorer. And I said, "Not even Microsoft recommends that anymore, Jesse." So I think our discussion is done. <laughs> and I, he wrote something else, but it doesn't really matter. Whatever he, whatever he was barfing up, doesn't matter. So I I said something on Twitter about how, like, where can I be in the twenty first century with this silliness? And somebody from Envy Energy tweeted back, "Hey, DM us with your, so let's we can try to help you." They asked me via a Twitter direct message. They said, "Oh, we can we can disable the two factor for you, and uh, you can don't have to worry about that part and proceed." I said, "Okay, great." I said, "That's not really that's not a fix. That's a workaround, and there's a number of problems, including Jesse." And they said, oh, "Okay, so what's your social security number?" And I said, "Via Twitter, I believe I will try something else." <laughs> so here again, um, the 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 people in the car are not completely aware of the people walking on the sidewalks, and uh, it's it's laughable and sad at the same time. Uh, somewhere in there, I received my uh, a, a second response from Southwest Airlines fun fact you cannot delete your account from southwest.com. if you have signed up if you're a rapid rewards member you uh you are theirs for the <laughs> for the duration go ahead and search on their website uh, unless you are not a Southwest customer then kudos to you my friend uh, excuse me so if you are on if you are, if you are if you are a customer of Southwest if you have an account on their website in their system. And as you, as you listen to the news, as you look at the headlines about T-Mobile, storing personally identifying information for people who weren't even their customers. If you applied for an account, if you used to have an account, they retain your social security number and various other you know pieces of, of information such that someone could go impersonate you and sign up for credit cards and whatnot. So if you, So if you if you listen to the news, the T Mobile statements are essentially Yeah, they got a bunch of social security numbers and home addresses but but they didn't take the credit card information and you're like, Well somebody can just go open up a new credit card, right? Now you gotta deal with uh, tracking accesses to your to your credit reports and all that stuff the, I'll get to that in a second. But anyway, so I I had filed a request with Southwest Airlines to close my Rapid Rewards account, delete me from their system, stop contacting me. Those were the three bullet items, very specific. I received a response that they closed my Rapid Rewards account when I got the response, and it took 30 days to get that response. So from June 23rd, July 23rd, 30 days. By the way, I had called... Southwest tried chatting with them They're like no you got to call customers or you got to file a complaint I'm sorry you can't call customer service you got to file a complaint or support or whatever you got to send send an email so 30 days close my wrapped reward so I go and log into the website I'm like okay they didn't do number two uh, I had unsubscribed from all their promotional emails and whatnot So I'm like, well, I guess number three, I took care of myself. Number two, I can still log in, so that's a problem. So I followed up, and I said, okay, now I'm demanding that you close my account, delete. So 21 days later, and by the way, Southwest promises 10-day response. So 21 days later, calendar days, I received, ironically, a response and a promotional uh, Join Rapid Rewards Uh, uh, a piece of mail delivered by the U.S. Postal Service addressed to me at my home address. So, so much for number three. And number two is still pending because they said they're going to escalate it to some other place. Possibly, I don't know. (laughs) Some guy in a basement with a swing line stapler, stapler. So, so I filed a complaint with the Department of Transportation. I said they're holding uh, user information hostage. They do not allow you to close your account in the day now. In the, where the headlines are reading T-Mobile, but they could just as easily read Southwest. In a, in another week or two from now, who knows? Uh, it's ridiculous that you cannot delete your account. Anyway, so this is yeah, it's another thing. For, they probably have an interest in keeping my information forever even though I don't want them to, but who cares about the pedestrians, right? Oh, what else? Uh, Cox Cable, moving my my, uh, internet service. I don't have TV or anything, but moving the internet service, that was, um, I I said I want to transfer, uh, you know, seven weeks later, and uh, the chat. That i started to ask about how to do this she said oh i'm sorry you're leaving us and i said that's not you just ignored everything i just said why bother i said i'll just try it on the phone so then i tried using their online service to do move um the place where i'm moving has the case you know they, they have functioning pre-installed pre-wired everything's ready to go so that's not even an issue but when you attempt to go through the workflow of transferring your service for some, for whatever reason, they don't find the address of the place in their system. So go ahead and give us a call, (laughs) which means when you initiate that phone call, you must start from zero. And then it took three transfers to someone who finally, I think he said he was in Oklahoma, but luckily was kind of a scrappy nerd himself. And I, I, recalled some tales of woe. I said, you know, mostly, mostly my experience has been pretty good. I try not to upset anything. So I really just want to move my service over with minimal upheaval. So we'll see how that actually goes when it happens. But that took a good half hour when their online, if the online tool had worked, it should have been, you know, seconds. <laughs> but 30 minutes of my time, because who cares, right? I'm just a pedestrian. So are you. Uh, attempted to transfer my renter's insurance. I started off by saying, "One, I'm moving out on this date. Two, I'm moving into a new place on this other date, seven weeks later." The I get a response this morning. I changed the address on your policy. Let me know if you have any other questions. I said, you "Effective now, because I won't live there until, you know, mid October." I said. I trans, i changed the address effective Monday, like you said. And I said, actually, I didn't say that. It doesn't even matter if you enumerate things. So here's another failure. So my—the uh, last two weeks—and uh, these are just some of the, some of the fun things. Not—not not to mention the place where I'm moving out of. And uh, if you have not listened before, I—I mean, I think I mentioned this back when it happened. I received a no cause non-renewal notice. So I had sixty days. Sixty. 60 days uh when i when i actually asked, i said what, what's going on oh we just want the apartment back that's all no reason so that was sort of strange i did speak to uh they uh, they're they use entrada uh it's a residential resident management resident portal you know maintenance uh ticket filing some messaging, which they don't really make effective use of here, and uh, rent management. While Entrada enables you to enter a partial amount, it doesn't actually accept it, and it tells you you can only pay the full amount, and they didn't calculate a partial month. So that took two days, two and a half days, to get an itemized total for partial. And they said, oh, you can't pay through the online payment system you've been using for six years. Of the eight, so you're going to have to get a check. Well, who has a checkbook anymore? So that's just another. So there's luckily that's what this was also. These are all reasonably solvable little problems, but it does require some legwork, which, as you know, pedestrians are are ready to do. So, and this is only a partial list. I mean, there've been there've been other little issues here and there. And it really, um, it really, well, let's take that social security thing. So, I mean, this is, now you're talking the big leagues, uh, social security number was devised back in the, I, i I've read this before. I remember the first social security recipient got like paid in zero and got $18,000 and there was some hay made of that. When they rolled out Social Security, you know, you have an account number and all that, and never intended to be used for what it is now, which is as a universal ID with no security. So, I mean, you can you can obtain anyone's Social Security number really if you really want it. So, it's not even a big deal anymore. But the fact is, uh, if you lose a credit card, you can get a new number assigned like the next well the same day and then they'll send out a card the next day and you get it however many days later and that's it right so why on earth in the 21st century are we not able to have like a one time use or a a per requester account connection right like i should be able to say okay T-Mobile here is my here's a here's a, a temporary like I, I, have um. Have you ever used privacy.com or have you used some some of the modern business um, financial tools, pay, spend management platforms like Brex? I use Brex. So configuring a one time use or a um, a vendor only. I think on Brex they call it vendor cards, but like I'm going to create a virtual credit card with with the with the um, what is it sixteen digit credit card number, the CVV2 value, the expiration date, the name on the card is whatever. I will create a virtual card that can only be used by this vendor or this merchant, whatever. Right? So uh, I don't know if you've ever had a, a card that you use for recurring payments get compromised somehow. That happened to me a couple of months ago, like maybe a year ago now. It uh, uh, happened again, I should say. And if you have to deal with that, you... It's very appealing to be able to say, well, I'll assign one credit card, virtual credit card to, you know, merchant A and another one to vendor B and so on. That way, if vendor B gets hacked, not a big deal. Not as big a deal. You can't do that with uh, with, uh, social security numbers. Why on earth can you not assign T-Mobile a, you know, one year access to my or one time only or one month, whatever right why has the social security administration not caught up with that well my guess is whoever the same people who brought you the y2k problem have a, have exactly a, a fixed size field for social security number digits and they have no way of dealing with uh wait we have to change this to a like a uuid or some other account number with an expiration date and we have to keep track of an expiration date and a vendor id so that we like what if we have two we were two different companies but in one system and you have to track which request and yeah okay so it gets complicated and instead of protecting us our pedestrian safety on the sidewalks too much trouble so they use this it's not even antiquated it's just ridiculous it was never designed you can't say it's antiquated because it used to work and it didn't. It, it was never intended for this. So your universal identifi- identifier—I was going to say ID, but it's—it's it's not really that. But it's an identifier. The using the last four for for some sort of proof of uh, identity is ridiculous. An an unchangeable. These are. I'm not saying anything new. You know what I'm talking about. So these are all these are all sorts of things that I think about and it's part of the reason that it takes me so long as in forever (laughs) one over zero because it really truly like existentially bothers me to think that people launch software that just does not work they have these platforms in place so they have workflows or they have uh uh, for a case in point, again, I received um, what, what was it called? They have some goofy name like uh, I can't I can't even remember. It came from where I live now. They sent me an email that said, uh, "Helping you move or helping you to the next whatever." You know, trying to be friendly. It's apparently separate from the residential portal, so it I I have like a login URL starts off with my name filled in and you know what where's a number we can reach you where's your next address and i was like you know i really don't want to give them my next address for a couple of reasons one it's not my next address yet two the next address would be temporary so i don't want to deal with tracking another changing address with so i don't need to third it's another business They can, they can send mail to my address and it will be forwarded accordingly or held or whatever, whatever I've selected. And, um, because you cannot skip that step, I don't know what comes next. (laughs) So here, like I'm being, I am moving out of this place on their behest. I did not initiate this move. They did. So I, for all I know, for all they know, I don't have a new address. I do. So they're assuming that I do without allowing for the possibility that I do not, right? What if I'm going to stay in a hotel? What if I'm going to crash on a couch? What if I'm going to get an RV and drive around the country? I'm going to get a van and uh, live in a a van down by the river. (laughs) But none of these are accounted for. So because you cannot skip that step, who knows, right? Utility goes out the window. So so no one really accounts for the user. I'm not going to say no one. But this is just I'm I'm 30 years into my career. I don't know if you have uh, have spent as much time. But at some point when when does technology catch up to expectations? It's sort of the flying car problem, right? We've been hearing about flying cars forever, but there's no flying cars. Uh technology is supposed to help us but instead it's tracking our every move it's exposing our personal identifying information to thieves and um, corporate interests <laughs> and it's um it's providing us with entertaining tiktok videos but when it comes to actually saving time saving money saving lives you are kind of left your own devices and yes there are success stories for all those things but man, oh man, it seems like every day, every day, it's possible to encounter some piece of software or some process or workflow or worst, an apathetic human that has no interest or, in the case of the software, has no um, no design, no forethought, no... No handling of a particular case and you are left with, hmm, this didn't work. And then you got to deal with a support person who doesn't care and so on. So that's my rant. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a long weekend. Luckily, it's a long weekend, so I can have a long weekend. Um, There's still a lot of packing to do. Luckily, I've... uh, I've gotten out of a home I lived in in 60 seconds. So you'd think I would have spent this time more wisely, but here we are. So now I will hit you up with story time. Then I'm going to ask you if you want to be a guest on the show at some point. Surely you have a story or two either about what you're working on or what somebody should be working on. I got plenty of those too. So, um, Oh, I sw- By the way, uh, I switched. <laughs> another another little annoying tidbit. I I was publishing the show notes on Substack, and I was publishing a, a follow up, you know, random weekend edition on review, trying them out. I want to see because um, Substack gets a lot of attention because of uh, independent media has sort of adopted it. Excuse me. And um, super thirsty, sorry. And review, since Twitter bought them, I was like, okay, they seem to be trying to get some integration across other sources to make construction of newsletters, quote, easy. Substack kind of leaves you to your own devices. So after trying both for a while, across three different podcasts plus a personal newsletter times two, I... Uh, review has an API. I wrote a there, there's no support for it. so I wrote a Python wrapper for it and uh, was playing with it found several documentation problems, functionality weirdness. but I figured okay well it's version two of this API. Substack has no API, no plans for an API. so okay leg up for review I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with one platform and go from there. So I contacted support about the, I said, Hey, the the documentation seems uh, lacking. Like, how does this work? And how does that, this, this value is wrong. And yeah, didn't really get much help. So that was a frustrating dead end. Then they offer integrations with things like Instagram and RSS feeds and whatnot. So I was going to connect my not so often used Instagram account in case I want to stick in a picture reference link, whatever. I don't even know how it works, because guess what? The integration for Instagram doesn't work. <laughs> it uh, it attempts to do the off and returns a 400 error somewhere. Not, not verbose, very terse, a very terse error. It's <laughs> just 400, done. So I also contacted support about that, and they said, oh, yeah, that's a known problem. Hmm. So you you have features, you have APIs documented incorrectly features published on your website offered as features, but they don't work and, you know, they don't work and (laughs) it boggles the mind. Maybe I selected too soon, but this will be even more reason post move. I, I have six or seven weeks of, uh, vacation? I don't know. I'm bringing my computer. I'm actually bringing my desktop computer. It's part of the move. So I'll relocate uh, to the as best I can and try to work on a few things. But that that really bothered me, but then all of these things have bothered me. So I I think hopefully sooner rather than later I will just move to self-hosted self-publishing. Uh Mailman looks okay. I've used it before. We'll see. Um, I've used, um, what have I used as as a, as a subscriber and user of mail, um, mailing list, listservs, I have interacted in one way or another with Majordomo, uh, EZMLM, which was part of, or kind of connected with QMail, um, Mailman which is written in Python, which is nice. Uh, maybe one or two other ones. But anyway, so, uh, and I've certainly administered a postfix MTA with multiple domains and all that stuff. So to me, rolling up the sleeves and, and taking back some control of these things is the only way to go because it's very frustrating. If I could do my own insurance, renter's insurance and <laughs> provision my... Utility service and communications at my new location, I would do all of those things. But the things that I can do myself, I think, uh, and for anyone, I think it behooves us to take back some of our control and agency. Especially when I I keep reading or hearing people rant about censorship and, and removing freedom of speech and whatnot. And ooh, even Amazon is going to start policing what's on their servers, which that's how business works. And freedom of speech doesn't apply to private business. So anyway, it's whatever, I don't want to go down these uh rabbit holes, but I was disappointed by review. So we'll get to uh we'll get to fixing Publication of newsletters and notifications, and that is all part of the the uh, mobile vendor platform and some other things that will include um, a new a newsletter slash mailing list fits into some of those plans. So really, I was testing these out to see, you know, the lay of the land. Um, Mailchimp, Constant Contact. Uh, like there's more. There are more of those. Paperly. Um, there are several. There are several platforms for commercial marketing tools, for personal newsletters, for links, and all that stuff. And um, honestly, I think self-publishing will be better. More work, but I think you get what you – you get out some of what you put in at least. Uh, not true when you have somebody else putting it in. So my, my story for story time should probably be about moving since I'm moving. So I'll tell you the story of moving to Silicon Valley. It was 1993 and I was living, uh, working on campus at Harvey Mudd college. I was copying, (laughs) uh, it makes me laugh. I was copying graduation videos for Harvey Mudd after my senior year, uh, I will tell you right now, since he is, uh, unfortunately no longer with us, rest in peace, Matt Masterson. He said, I'll pay. He's from Scotland. Uh, I'll pay. All you have have to do is put the tape in and, uh, that's a horrible accent. I'm sorry, (laughs) put the tape in and, um, go do something else and then come back, put in some, you know, put in five tapes. They have five ECRs copying generation losses, all that. And, uh, he's like, I'll pay you Full, you know, full days of work for however many weeks it takes to make these hundreds of, of tapes. I'm like, okay. So I would put the tape in, I would go to my local Thai restaurant a lot. So uh, at some point, I interviewed at Supermac Technologies in Sunnyvale, California. They were known to hire mudders. So uh, while I was living in the girls' dorm, one of the girls' dorms on Scripps campus, they were all girls' dorms, uh, summer housing. Uh, one night got a, got a call from Bruce, a weird interview, a phone interview. And then I, uh, they flew me up. I met with several characters, got an offer and now it was time to relocate to Silicon Valley. So step one, I drove up in a U-Haul with a few items and my future roommate, a friend of mine from school, Jason so myself and his girlfriend at the time and her friend, the three of us, were in a U-Haul pickup truck going up with several items, you know, in the back of the truck, going up to the, the grapevine in the summer. So everybody was overheating. So we turned the heat on, opened the windows and hoped for the best, uh, went and did some apartment hunting, found a place, signed a lease didn't find out until after we moved in that we were actually under the glide slope for Moffett Field. So who knew? <laughs> they certainly didn't tell us. So yeah, so every every night, a couple of hours, every few minutes, planes coming in off patrol and whatnot. That was a fun time. But I'm jumping ahead. So when uh, when it came time to actually move, right, I had a start date. So I think it was um, July 17th, 1993. That's my uh, my recollection. I'm not looking at a calendar, but I think it was something like that. So, I mean, not too bad. I, graduation was in the middle of May. Basically spent a month recording, <laughs> capturing, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, capturing, copying graduation videos for money. Going to have Thai food in, in Pomona. Going to gym, the gym at LA Fitness thanks to a membership snafu that gave me a one-year free thing. And renting movies and f- crossing the fingers that I would find a job <clears throat> coming out of the recession, which that all that's a whole nother story for another time. But my career would begin at SuperMac and the move uh came down to, you know, hmm, I don't really have much, but I also don't have a ton of cash because I've been copying graduation videos to pay the bills. So, same character. Matt said, "Oh, you know what I could do? I'll, uh, I'll reserve the van. It's like an Astrovan type thing. No, it wasn't an Astrovan, but anyway. So it was a, a reasonably sized van. i so, will 'I'll, I'll reserve the van for the weekend, and you can just drive up and just have it back on Monday.' Uh, okay. So I got my friend Tuck, my other college roommate. Uh, drove up with the van we unpack i mean everything i owned at that time fit in the back of the van (laughs) we're talking clothes a beanbag chair and like a which is long gone like a beanbag uh clothes and maybe um maybe a computer i think i had a computer yeah i had my 2ci back then my macintosh 2ci good times so everything I owned fit up there we uh moved into the apartment luckily, it was a third floor, so that was uh that was most of the effort was dealing with elevator fitting things into the elevator uh you know we went and got like a couch and uh what else did we get since we had the van right so we did some quick turn acquisitions and then tuck drove the van back down, got a speeding ticket. <laughs> So, sorry, Tuck. But that was it. Fairly simple. Uh, Back when things were even simpler than they should have been. So I kind of miss those times. Then over the years, I've moved uh, with a 24-foot truck full of furniture and appliances and whatnot. Then after my fire, I had a lot less stuff to move. And now I have a lot less stuff to move, although I have a lot of stuff to throw away. Like the purge, purge purging pack, the purging part is going to take more effort this weekend to close it out. I hope I, I hope I make it. I kind of looking around like, Ooh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot to do. So yet I still have time to make a podcast real quick. So that's my story. Not as exciting this time, but that was the, the quite literally the beginning of my career in Silicon Valley. July nineteen ninety three, Super Mac Technologies. Living down the street, I, I lived walking distance from work, which would be a theme, <laughs> which still is, and uh, good times, good times. So come on, uh, talk to uh, talk to your your solo host here sometime about your own stories, your projects. You can uh, berate me for mine. We can pala- uh, palaver. I was going to say blather and palaver. So one of those and, uh, do subscribe to the newsletter. I'm going to, I was, like I said, I was going to try to get some stuff up and running before with the move, but too much distraction and frustration with various, uh, forces aligned against me. So my goal is to <clears throat> have quaggling sand. I have quagglingsand.com. I just don't have anything there yet. You can certainly email me at join at com If you want to join in an episode and rap about whatever. Uh, I I also have a, I'm on Telegram. I I would like to have some sort of, you know, kind of independent thing so we can chat and eventually get back to that sprint mode that I've been trying, I've been chasing and you can sprint too. And we can, uh. Bounce ideas, kind of like a mini hackathon thing. Who knows? Possibilities are endless. So I will uh I will be coming in for landing now. Uh thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the shows in general. Currently on anchor, but uh anchor will be the second. There's really no such thing as a secondary feed, I think. I think I think Adam Curry is adding something about that, but or he should. There should be a way to uh, to point to multiple sources. An easy way. I'm not sure if there is. But anyway, so Anchor FM Quagling Sand podcast uh, is hosted there presently. It will become the secondary. The primary will be QuaglingSand.com. All of my things on the to-do list. The to-do list is only getting longer. Somebody, somebody, come on the show and talk to me about this, so I can. <laughs> I can vent, but, uh, that is it. Thank you for listening. Wish me luck. Long weekend ahead and it will be a long one. Take care.